What's up, Society members? Welcome to the Underground Society Podcast, a show that helps you achieve your goals in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and I invite you to join me as I discover the challenges that the professional industry had to overcome in order to start building their careers and finding success. Hard summer coming up in just a week, I had the privilege of sitting down with the executive of Hard Events, the boss lady herself, Megan Deshanes. Megan has worked for Hard Events since day one, handing out flyers and running the brand's social media accounts, which eventually led her down the path of becoming the head person in charge. In this episode, we really dive deep into the backstory of Hard Events and really what it takes to run a music festival company underneath the Insomniac umbrella. We also talk about the struggles that they had to overcome during COVID, and more importantly, how much Megan has accomplished being one of the only women in her field, and what adversities that she has had to face along the way. It was such a pleasure to be able to talk to her, and I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by AirVDM. AirVDM is a premier electronic dance music brand, a print digital magazine, lifestyle-inspired subscription box, and full production event company. AirVDM has been forging the future of EDM for over five years now and produces only the finest content, events, and apparel for EDM fans worldwide. Curated for ravers by ravers. Visit AirVDM.com, that is E-R-A-O-F-E-D-M.com, to join the movement and see how you can get involved. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show, Megan DeShanes, uh, the music executive for Hard Summer or Hard Events, I should say. Um, is that your actual title? Title? What's your, what do you go by? What do you like? What's your actual position? Um, I have a lot of positions actually. I um, yeah, I'm the executive producer of all Hard Events, mm-hmm. and I'm also the head of the entire talent department at Insomniac. Oh, so, that's awesome! That's yeah. super super cool. Um, yeah. So. I obviously want to get into the hard events and what you do for, do for work and everything like that. And that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want to go back to like your childhood and like what kind of like what your path of like getting to where you are now. Um, mm-hmm. where, first of all, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in central Massachusetts in oh, wow. um, a very small town uh, called Paxton. And I moved to L.A. in 2007. So, okay. Um, Did you have a big interest in music like growing up or? Yes. Okay. Um, I was that person that um, I had a ton of friends that uh, were in bands and they Mm. were like playing, you know, like your high school, like showcases or middle school, elementary school. Like since I think I was in like sixth grade when I um, was very interested in helping find a way to like promote my local bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that was like being a promoter at the time, but I, yeah. <laughs> um, when I got older and I saved up enough money for myself, I would go to my local like VFW halls and ask them if I could rent them out to throw mm. shows. And it was like kind of like punk rock bands. Um, so I was putting on these shows at the time with my friends Um to showcase all of local bands. You said you started when you were in sixth grade? Yeah, sixth grade. That's nuts. <laughs> sixth grade, I was like my my town would do this like summer jam thing it was called. And um, I would always, I found out who was doing it and I was like mm. pitching my friends' bands to play. Um so, and then once I got older and got my first job and had some money, right, that's then you when started. I started actually like financially like putting shows together. That's which awesome. Which to me, it was just for fun. Uh, I was working to just take my money and spend it on having my friends with band be able yeah. to play somewhere. And I didn't <laughs> yeah. look at it as an opportunity to make money. I just thought, you know, uh, it was just really cool that 
I had all these friends that were musicians and then, um, we would, uh, tour around the country, which is when, how I first came to California and yeah. I was like, I'm going to move there. <laughs> what, uh, did your, did your parents have a big passion in music? I know like my yeah. parents, like my mom is a huge concert goer. So that's kind of how I got into it originally. Yeah, it's just growing up around it. <laughs> yeah. My parents, um, my dad was always taking me to, um, concerts and supporting my, my music, um, my love for music. My, my dad and my mom are huge like Beatles fans. So mm. we always listening to the Beatles. Um, but when I was younger, uh, my dad, because I was in Boston, my dad used to drive me all the time to, um, New York city for TRL. Ah, uh, um, yep. <laughs> and uh, back then, like there would be fans that you stand outside and mm-hmm. you just like, because you want a glimpse of like someone and my dad was always such a trooper and he would take me there and then he would take me to warp tour because they had like a parent lounge. So uh, in the parent lounge. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he would take me to all the warp tour. So he always was very supportive. That's of, awesome. Of my how do you, music. how do you feel about like parents, like bringing, I mean, EDM, I guess the scene is a little different. It's a little bit more mm-hmm. adult cent- centered, but yeah. I do see, I do know that there are all age events. What do you, how do you feel about like parents, bringing their kids to events um i think if it's like i always say like if i ever have a kid i probably would bring them to like Mm -hmm. an all-age event but i know i'm experienced in going to one so i know where you know right don't stay too late or like don't be in the front like be in the back protect their ears like if you know and you're like a professional festival goer and (laughs) raise your child into that then i i feel like it's cool if you like understand you know yeah and for you like you and then i know also you were closely with pasquale um he brings his kids to a lot of the festivals and yeah and it's it's a little different i guess for you guys because you do kind of get you get the backstage and you get like some protective more protective areas but um Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome uh so Going back to how you got kind of into music, um, did, did you attend college at all? Yeah, I did attend college, um, but I never finished because I got okay. a job opportunity in L.A. and I took it. Got it. Um, but I did go to Boston College um, for just business, okay. like business um, yep. studies. Yeah. Did you ever get like, did you finish like your AA or anything? I did two years. I got this opportunity to move to Mm. LA um, and get a job working for American Apparel. And I knew I wanted to move to LA. So I was like, this is, when am I going to get this again? Like I could cross my fingers, hope I finish school and get another opportunity. Or I take this one and just trust that uh, I can make it without a degree <laughs> and luckily you did obviously you did yes, very well yes. um so you originally moved to la to you said to work for who again american apparel okay the clothing brand yep when you did move to la you moved for mm-hmm. that reason um what mm-hmm. sort of position did they offer you um i was doing a lot of things there too mainly um i was in charge of all of the customer service for online orders and then mm-hmm. also making sure that the uh, website was like, it was like product management, I guess. Um, when I worked at American Apparel, it was like in, when it just kind of started and it was in its peak and it was kind of like very, yeah, uh, a huge brand root. now. Yeah. It yeah. was just like <laughs> grassroots at the time. So That's we were cool. all doing everything. So I would like have to make sure that the product that you're buying on the website is the right product. Cause sometimes the pictures were off, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like all that type There's of stuff. There's always problems with websites, especially yeah. back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. So 
Well, that's what I, that's what I was doing. Um, that's awesome. So and then that's you were also got. still involved with music and stuff during that time? Um, so I was still heavily, you know, involved in like the punk rock scene mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so then moving to here to LA, I knew a couple people that were in that scene. Um, but they were the ones, um, they worked at American Apparel that actually introduced me to, um, at the time in LA, it was the indie electro scene. That was really um, thriving at all the clubs in L.A. And the people that were going to those clubs were like the emo punk rock kids um, to see Justice and MGMT. So that's how I started to get into that. So how did how did you get approached? When did like hard the hard brand kind of happen? What was like the early phases of that? Yeah. So I um, so from going to these clubs and also working at American Apparel, I had a couple local LA promoters um, approach me and say, Hey, like we see you out all the time. Um, we would love for you to help us pass out flyers for our clubs and spread the word. Um, and if you could, you know, let people know that we're in American apparel, just kind of like be a promoter, we'll pay you um, to do this. And I thought, oh, well, I'm already going out every night now. So you're <laughs> yeah. just- I get to just talk to people and like get paid for it. Um, So I started doing that. And because I was out all the time, um, the founder of Heart at the time saw me going out Mm -hmm. and uh, told me that he has an event that um, he's going to do and needs someone to promote it. So um, I started passing out flyers for Hard, um, And at the time uh, I was he's not my husband. Um, but I was going out a lot with him. Uh, we were both doing it together. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so what was that first event? That was the first event you did for hard then? Or yeah, part it was of? the first hard summer. So oh, the first wow. hard was in 2007. So the first hard summer was in 2008. That's and awesome. That where, where was that? Oh <laughs> um, gosh. The one in 2008, uh, the shrine, I believe. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just went to an event. I just saw Alice in Wonderland there like that, that a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And then it, if, yeah. And then to see where it's gone and, you know, it's at the NOS, back at the NOS now, but yeah, it got all the way to yeah, Fontana yeah. and how big yeah. it's gotten since then has been insane. Yeah. We've, um, we've just grown to so many different venues and been in so many different places, but it's, That's you know, so cool. great to see it grow. And yeah. Yeah. It's now what? Doing the math on this, to like eighteen ten plus, it's been like it's, what sixteen years? No, yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, that COVID year we didn't do hard, yeah. so now I always have to pause. It's like how many? Wait, how many hard summers has it been? Because then we didn't do one in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? It was just that year that you guys missed it. Was, oh yeah, because I went yeah. to twenty twenty one. That's right. Yeah, it was just twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. that's yeah. That's good that you guys. You know, during that time, how did you kind of stay afloat during COVID? Like, I know we've all kind of, we kind of all took a hit in the music industry yeah. fi- financial wise. What were you doing during that time? Um, uh, we were very active uh, during that time with our, all of our live streams. Cause we mm-hmm. just really wanted to make sure that um, we were providing music and, and a place for even more stuck at home, just a yeah. place for for our community to be able to tune into and, and feel something more than what was going on at the right. time. Yeah, I know. That, that saved, 
saved me so many times. That, like I was like, man, I want live music back, but that definitely, <laughs> definitely did the trick for me. And how well you guys put together, especially Insom- you, you're the Insomniac team, that was yeah. amazing. Because I know there was a bunch of d- smaller ones. Um, uh, Brownies and Lemonade did one. Proximity oh, was okay. another one. There was a couple other things, and even individual artists were doing their own live streams and stuff. But I think the production value that you guys like had was no one could even compare. Yeah. <laughs> So how we do it for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, we transitioned to like drive-ins, and I was yeah. doing all those too. Yeah, um, I'm glad so you guys still like because I saw the marketing and you know all the promotion for it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you guys still streamed those because that was yeah. also fun to watch and keep up on. Yeah. Um, so when you first started with Hard Summer, was it? You said you were getting paid and stuff. Was that did did you transition from the American Apparel into how long did that transition take? So I was passing out flyers and then I was working those shows. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually, wasn't able to quit American Apparel to full-time focus on it until 2012. Oh, wow. Four years. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> That's awesome that you stuck with it though. At that time too, you have to remember, um, passing out flyers was one of like the only ways to really, um, get to find out what's going yeah, on there was no big social media back then right. it was yeah. my space and that was one of my jobs too was to like every hour to have to like post a myspace bulletin like go to heart yeah um so that was technically doing the marketing that's mm-hmm. what that was was part of the marketing team so um yeah i did that for a long time before uh going full time and that's actually right when uh, Live Nation had acquired hard in 2012. So. I, yeah, I did want to ask you about that because I know how, what, did that change anything when Live Nation took over? Uh, no. No. No, it, it, it just, just it provided just more support and, okay. um, and, you know, we, uh, we're, we're very lucky to just have yeah. a support system, just, um, or access to venues and just staff in general. Right, right. It, and in the early days, too, you guys weren't connected with Pasquale and Insomniac yet, right? It was just hard by itself? Um, yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then five years later in 2017 is when you actually became the head, right? The head, like the, the main, what your position is now. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, how did that opportunity kind of happen for you? So that happened because the, um, the founder of Hard um, left. Mm-hmm. Um, after his contract was over, decided not to renew his contracts and decided to start something new. Um, so then I was, it was just me. Uh, and then Pasquale, um, it was you know, so amazing with the transition mm-hmm. and, um, officially hard moving over into the insomniac umbrella. Um, it was, uh, he was like, this just makes sense that you yeah. you run this because you're just so attached to it. Right. You've um, been there since the very start. <laughs> yeah. 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 How, how is it working, you know, kind of cl- as closely as you do with Pasquale? I've, I've met him a couple of times, but I, I don't, yeah. I've never like connected with him on like a very personal level, but how, how is it like, uh, you get, you're pretty much like one of the main people that are in contact with him, like on a day-to-day basis, huh? Yeah. A lot of people are. He's yeah. actually, uh, just pretty very accessible uh considering you know that's awesome yeah. the big company he has to lead um i am so grateful for him uh he's such a great leader a great mentor he's always there uh when i need him with questions uh he helps guide me through a lot of things and um 
he's just a really great leader and I know it shows at our events and, and just how he interacts with, with all the yeah. headliners, you know, yeah. um, it's really great. Well, um, how, what's your, what's your day to day kind of look like, you know, at being in the position that you're, that you're in? Um, every day is different, which is why it's really exciting to work yeah. in the music industry. Uh, you know, I, I am in a lot of meetings, um, but it's from everything from production, uh, how we're going to plan, uh, talent buying, who we should book, marketing ideas, how we're going to roll something out. When are we going to roll something out? Um, just, just kind of planning every little detail every day, just in, uh, meetings with groups and teams. I'm very blessed. I have a great team of people, uh, that really creative people, um, that, that help support and make to show what it is. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, you said that you were, you work for insomniac, like the, the talent division, but then you also obviously run like the event portion too. How much, mm-hmm. how much of that kind of goes hand in hand? It goes very hand in hand. Yeah. Um, because, you know, especially every show is different, but with hard, we're very lineup driven. So mm-hmm. it always starts with the lineup. Got it, it starts with who, who do we want to book? Who's available? Uh, there's a lot of factors too yeah. with booking talent. It might seem a little easy and, and you know, <laughs> get those comments like, why didn't you look that person? And I always want to reply like, oh, if you only knew we tried. Yeah. It's we like, cause that person's on tour. It. That person's out of yes, the country. That person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I really just don't have the budget to book yeah. them. I wish I did. We don't have unlimited money. Yeah. Right. Time. Yeah. For sure. I I think it's interesting too, at least for Hard Summer, how much, I I know EDC has done this in the past as well, um, but not this past year because this is the last, this past year that just had, the EDC that just happened was actually my first EDC ever. Um, Amazing time. Um, But I've noticed that you guys include some like rap industry people as well. Why did you guys decide to do that since Insomniac is such like, I know it's like a major like right. festival brand, but like it's mainly electronic music. Like how, yeah. who, who kind of thought of that idea? Why do you guys do that? Well, Hard has always done that since the okay. first year ever. So the first Hard Summer in 2008, um, um, N-E-R-D, like Pharrell's mm-hmm. group. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was the headliner. So we've always mixed it up between electronic music, just just not being stuck on like one type of genre, but being open right. to all types of genre, not even just hip hop. We, uh, for hard this year, we have, um, you know, acts like Joji. I haven't heard of them. What, what kind of style is that? Um, it's like, it's like bedroom pop ish. Hmm. Like, um, has a lot of electronic crossover to it, but, um, it, it is definitely it has its own little lane um, yeah. and um so we've always just kind of booked a, all different genres since the first hard ever so it's really a hard thing um that we just stick to and uh, stay true to to how we started and just right. really just booking like a little bit of everything um to just showcase all types of music yeah it's de- definitely because i think and you guys are both in Southern California, but I think like you guys are the hard summer event is very much like in competition with like the, the Coachella event. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's, that was a good kind of move for you guys. If you guys are kind of head to head, it's like right. they have like a very diverse lineup. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's smart that you guys include other things. What, what was the reasoning for 
like not including it was just kind of like you couldn't get someone to play um for edc this year i was i was kind of surprised that you guys didn't have a rap artist on the lineup this year yes it's just it just depends on yeah timing yeah. And, and what we have and um we just sometimes have so many options it's difficult to pick up but yeah. we did have you know snoop dogg came out as a surprise yeah i'm so mad i was not at that set yeah. i saw jaws's post afterwards and i was like man <laughs> No, it was a good one for sure. That's super cool. So we try to, you yeah. know, have a little bit of surprises and stuff. Yeah. How does that how does that work with like like building a festival lineup? How does that work with like doing like the back to backs and like having a special guest and stuff like that? I always thought it was like the like originally I, I don't know if this is technically how it works. I always just thought it was like, Oh, they're friends, like let's try and plan and be at the same mm-hmm. like it was more of like on the artists and their management, but it seems like that's not the case and it's more like you guys put, putting it together. Sometimes it's both. Okay. Sometimes it's like we really want to book and act, but we're like, well, we've booked them the last three years. Mm. What can we do different? And we collaborate uh, with it. the management and the agent and say, hey, is there, you know, are they working on any new music with other artists coming up yeah. and we can do back to back? So we kind of just all collaborate. That's cool. Um, on, on those. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see the. Uh... I'm unfortunately not going to be able to make Hard Summer this year, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see the footage from uh, Subtronics and Zed's Dead, that that back-to-back this year. That's going to be yes. awesome. <laughs> it is, yeah. Very, very awesome. Um, yeah. We kind of talked about your day-to-day roles, but like, what are some of the things that you kind of like, ha- what are some of your challenges that come up being in the position that you're in? Um, There's challenges every day. Um, yeah. A big challenge sometimes is just... um being able to keep them stay on top of everything. Yeah. A lot uh, going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on. And to to stay focused, um, when you have a lot going on, sometimes it's hard. Um, but that that's definitely a big challenge. There's we have so many challenges. I mean, look what happened in twenty twenty. You know, yeah. I, I never thought that I would have to prepare to figure out how to produce a like drive in event mm-hmm. like now I know, yeah. you know, now I'm, I'm an expert at drive-ins at this point, but yeah. there's always some type of challenge, whether it is something on that side of it or a production challenge or uh, just challenges with, you know, I, you might have a dream lineup in your head and you only mm-hmm. get a little percent of it. There's days where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is a lot of work. Like yeah. I, I, I want to give up, but I you just have to power through that yeah. because if I ever gave up on the chance times where I told myself, man, just give up, I would not be here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's something I always say to everyone looking to, to, uh, to do this is that it's, it's, tempt- just, uh, it's tempting to want to give up at some point. Like, yeah, I've even, I've, how many times I've thought about that? Yeah. It's like, you just, but you're not going to reach your goals and your dreams mm-hmm. if you, if you do. So yeah, yeah. Definitely. And it's easier to give up, you know? Yeah. Um, so there, you always have that chance to back yeah. out, but you just got to try to fight that and just keep moving forward. And I think and- the, the ones that really do succeed are the ones that actually, uh, for me, like I enjoy the challenge. I really yeah, do. Yeah. Like I like the challenge. I, I, it's one That's of the things that draws me to it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because then it just, it's not boring. You're not just doing the same task every yep. day. It's like the challenges are what keep you on your toes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to go back to the whole drive-in and kind of yeah. COVID time. Mm-hmm. Where did those ideas come from with like the live stream and the drive-ins and stuff like that? Like you get, I mean, you guys are kind of like the leaders of that, obviously. Like, yeah. where, did, where did, how did you guys come up with that? <laughs> um, Pasquale mm. just comes up with all like these uh, ideas on how to, you know, keep 
um, our fans engaged and not just be like, okay, bye. We're not doing events. We'll see you whenever. Uh, It just really was like, we got to find a way to keep all of our community together and strong. Mm -hmm. What do you think would have happened if like you get, you guys did kind of like let COVID take over and didn't really do anything like, I know the community aspect was a big, like big thing, but like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Insomniac is like a big company that like you guys wouldn't have struggled that much, but it was awesome that you guys took the initiative and like still did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just would have been, you know, it just would have been rough to be disconnected to our community for that long. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One other thing that I, I think that is more personal to your story um is the the challenge of being a female in such a male dominant industry what what sorts of things like do you think it's been harder for you being a female in this industry yes yes definitely Uh, and in what ways do you think it has your journey been different than like say if i was in your position like as a female what has been different for you i think it's just um because I mean, things are definitely changing now and, and insomnia yeah. is really good at diversity and there's a lot of women that work here, but, but before I was always like the only female. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's challenging sometimes when you're in a business that is sometimes really based on relationships Yeah, where, you know, my male co-workers could go you know they'll be like out golfing with like an agent or a dj or you know having like a bonding where it's like sometimes a little different with a female mm-hmm. of um of, of getting that like relationship with with the artists and the managers and the agents because they're all men too and um you know i did i always did find that i had to kind of uh speak a little louder and hold my crown and, uh, to, to be taken serious sometimes in different rooms with people. Um, but I am very blessed that I'm here at Insomniac and Pasquale has given me so many opportunities and I've never felt like, um, my gender held, held me back here at Insomniac. So, that's awesome. uh, but, but for sure in the beginning, it's yeah. there's definitely a challenge. Um, and it's hard when you don't have like another female to right. that's also, you know, just to at least like bond with. Right. If there's two of you, then yeah. it's like, okay, we're in this together. But like for yeah. you, it's like, I'm by myself in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very lucky with hard that there was another female on the team. Oh, that's that, good. That really helped me and showed the way. And I really probably wouldn't even be here right now if it wasn't for her. So that's awesome. I'm blessed I had that. That's um, excellent. Yeah. How many, how many other, now, how many other women are in your position? I mean, even just like as, in the industry, like as a whole. Oh, wow. I don't even, I don't know. There's not that many. I didn't, I didn't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's not that many. We do have female like talent buyers here yeah. at Insomniac. Um, but, and we have um, some promoters too and, and other females that I'm training to be promoters mm. as well. Um, but there aren't that many that do like big festivals. Um, but there, there are some, there's a handful. Is there a hunger at all now that things are kind of changing to like, like bring on more diversity? Are you guys like looking for females to be in the industry and work for you guys? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, you know, we want everyone to work for us, Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's good. I think what helps is, um, I know with me, 
I didn't have someone in like the position I'm in now mm-hmm. when I wasn't in this position to look up to to be like I want to be like her right um so I think it's uh, it's something I really try in my position now is to uh really mentor and motivate uh females that are working here at insomniac or not even interning a lot of women dm me all the time with asking for advice so i just want to be there as a support system to just show other women that that you can be in this position yeah that's awesome you said like when there's like male events and stuff like back in the day when there was like kind of like that that separation that you felt um was there was there times when guys or guys within the industry, men within the industry that would kind of like challenge you in the position that you're in? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. How how do you like overcome that? (laughs) Um, I don't, I just don't take it like personal. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I used to, uh, when I was younger, um, get really upset about it, but then I, just would tell myself, you know, I need to just, I believe in myself and in the position I am in. And if they don't want to take me serious or they undermine me, then they'll learn the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. And it's awesome that you have a team behind you too, to kind of be like, nah, she's the boss lady. So (laughs) it does happen sometimes. It's like, um, you know, but, but, you just got to believe in myself. Keep you got to believe in yourself. That's really what, yeah. what I always tell people is you just have to believe in yourself. Don't Absolutely. expect other people to always believe in you. It's all about how you feel about yourself. I almost feel like, especially early on in this industry, it's really like at the beginning, you are the only one that believes in you. And you're the yeah. only one that's going to force yourself to show up every day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because there's also something about when you believe in yourself, you have this certain level of confidence. Yeah. And like when you have this level of confidence, when you're engaging in conversation with people, they're more in tune to being like, wow, like I can feel that they are passionate and they mm-hmm. believe in what they're saying. So I'm going to believe yeah. it. You know exactly yeah. what they're telling me. Sa- sales 101. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple last couple questions and I'll start wrapping up here. Um, mm-hmm. One is what would you tell other young women who want to be in like the festival creation space? What's like your one like main advice to other women? Yeah. To other women is to just don't give up, believe in yourself. Uh, there will be people on that you meet along the way that um, might discourage you, but you will meet people that believe in you. Um, and you just have to keep those people close, but also, uh, just keep reminding yourself why you're here and don't let other people's negativity steer you away from your dreams and what you want to do. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that's why I'm very open when people ask me this question is, do you have challenges being a woman? I say yes. Cause I'm not, I don't want to paint this picture like, Oh no, it's right. fine. <laughs> no. Um, but there is challenges, but you know what, as humans, we all face challenges in many different ways. And it's just how you, how you look at those challenges, yep. um, is how you'll, you'll overcome them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to this year's hard summer since we're a week yeah. away. Is there anything that you guys are doing differently? Don't spoil it. But is there anything that, that you're looking forward to specifically for this year that you guys are trying trying differently or anything that you can kind of give away? Um, I'm looking forward to um, a lot of the music acts as yeah. far as like things that we're doing differently. Um, we are we we have a little more shade. Um, 
more like misting water features as things to provide more comfort for everyone because it can get a little hot. Um, that's why we have it starting at 4 p.m. And it used to start at oh, 1 yeah. and like in the dead heat for a long time. So yeah. we push back a little later to avoid that. And then we were ending a little later. We used to always end at 11 yep. p.m. Last year we ended at 12 a.m. Now we're ending at 1 a.m. So, um, you know, um, there's going to be just some new photo op opportunities. Um, just some new decor around. Um, but I'm just excited to to have everyone come together and uh, enjoy the great music that we have. Oh yeah, and I wish I could go. <laughs> I'm sad. I went. To, I've, I've gone. I went every year other than the COVID year. I went every. I've been going every year since 2018. This is the first year uh, I'm missing. So I'm sad. <laughs> but um, what I was going to ask with the with the new stage structures and stuff like that and kind of the things that you're adding to it yeah. is that part of the reason why you guys left Fontana? Actually, Fontana um, is under construction. Oh, but their got it. construction <laughs> like, got pushed. Um, their construction got pushed, so we could have gone back one year. I think mm-hmm. it was last year, but we just didn't want to keep flip flopping, like yeah, from venue to venue. Um, so we're we're at NOS right now, but uh, we'll see what the future holds for awesome. us. I'm hoping. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it at Fontana. Yeah, <laughs> funny because um. When we do, when we were doing it at Fontana, uh, we always had so many people like, I hate that venue. And what then the heck? I know. And now we're at NOS and everyone's like, I want yeah. that venue. And I'm just like, wait a minute. I'm confused. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's just because for me, at least I went to like almost every song. I went to escape. I went, the only one I didn't go to last year was beyond. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, I went to NOS like five times six times i was like i mean like hard summer was just like because i guess yeah yeah, like it was just a different like experience i feel like um awesome well uh, we'll wrap up here um how can uh the listeners support you um and where where can they find you at um you can follow me on instagram um if you want um but at metal meg but i if you want to know what's going with hard you should follow hard at hard fest yes um yeah, and that's how you awesome. keep up to date. Last question. Uh, I ask this at the end of every single interview. If there's one piece of advice you could tell yourself when you first started your journey into music, what would it be and why? Um, I wish I could tell myself in my earlier years that don't fear like speaking up for yourself mm. and, and, and um, being vocal about your wants and your needs and your, your dreams because... Uh, a long time, you know, I would just stay quiet on like my goals because I thought uh, I can't impose. I don't want to put that out there. But the minute I started saying, I want to do this, I want to run this, I, it started happening. Yep. Um, so I wish I did that sooner. Manifestation. My probably, yes. Yeah. <laughs> my journey probably been so long. I always said it in my head, though. I was like, I'm going to run this one day. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just wish I spoke up more back when I first started and didn't just stay quiet because I was scared. I was scared. Well, if I speak up, are they going to think I'm that annoying girl and, and fire me? But I wish I had. A, I was a little more fearless then. But now yeah. I'm fearless. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. 
Thanks so much, Megan, for being on the show today. It was awesome learning the whole backstory of Heart Events, and I think it is absolutely incredible what you have done as one of the only women in your position. If you're going to Hard Summer, I hope you have an amazing time. Please make sure to follow and subscribe to stay up to date on all of our episodes. We release a new episode every single Friday. If you enjoyed this one, throw up a post on social media, tag both Megan and Underground Society, and let her know how much you liked it. The link to both of our social media accounts are, of course, in the description. Have a wonderful week, guys.